On this episode of Scammer Stories. The monies that have been lost out of the United States, it's, it's a huge amount. It's in the billions. An advocate and a love scam identity theft victim take their fight to Congress. So now we've got the ears of a congressional department. The silver lining in this world of scumbag scammers is the stories about good people coming forward to fight the good fight. My name is April, and I'm starting to learn about this world after my mother was scammed. Anybody can fall victim. It's not just those who are lonely. This week, we learn how Kathy reached out to help Brian, even though she didn't lose any money herself. Then the two came up with a plan. First, we'll talk about what happened to Brian. Then we'll go into what the two are doing and what you can do. So I've been dealing with this since June, July timeframe. You know, I was getting messages from people I did know through Messenger uh, on a daily basis, multiple people reaching out to me. And so Kathy was kind of different because she hadn't been scammed and she was talking to me about her mom's friend. Kathy actually offered to help and wanted to be involved. And I was kind of at my wit's end in terms of managing this whole thing on my own. So I was quite relieved to have somebody offer to help out and and get involved. And she was very proactive and it turned out to work out really well in terms of supporting the cause. Describe what it's like then to have your picture used in these scams. Uh, It's not great. I'll say that. It's very disruptive. Just knowing my pictures are used to take money, take advantage of people. In most cases, just really wanting to help out a soldier. It's not a good feeling to know that your image is being used to take advantage of people. And as to the why, I mean, I'm, I'm a guy in a uniform. Uh, military people, men and women, are seen as very respected and uh, uh, trustworthy. And, you know, a couple of pictures of me and my son and his Boy Scout uniform, uh, pictures of us with our horses. Do desperate women contact you thinking that you're real? All the time mostly women, mostly who have been engaged in conversation with someone using my images. They're they're really looking for some confirmation. And so what does your inbox look like now compared to when you first started? There certainly are not less people reaching out to say this has happened. You know, my inbox is almost always full because Kathy engages me on a daily basis. Every week there's someone who says, I've lost a lot of money. I've been scammed. I'm figuring out that it's fake. And I just want to confirm that this is you and, and that kind of thing. I remember very early on, like in the second month of dealing with this, when I was still naive enough to be in conversation with folks about it, like directly, a a lady was telling me, you know, she reached out to me, she found me, she was trying to confirm who I was, and uh, she was texting me, and uh, she said, well, I've got my Brian on the phone, and he says that I'm the scammer. And I would just have to remind her, remember, you reached out and found me because you felt something was wrong. I didn't find you. I'm not asking you for money. You haven't given me anything. And the suspicion was there. She just couldn't accept what the reality was. And she'd given several thousand dollars to this guy. And, uh, yeah, she was having a hard time kind of making the making that transition that, yep, I've been, I've been taken. When we left it, I, I just said, think about what I'm saying. Hang up with both of us and then think about what you want to do going forward. And I said, you're talking to a guy you've given money to who you've never seen, who is online. She said, yeah, English is not very good. Like all those things that made you suspicious, you know, and now the only thing that that person's got going for them is they're telling you 
that you reached out and found a scammer. <laughs> like, I'm not the scammer, right? They're the scammer. You need to kind of think through that and accept that. And I said, and find somebody in your family to have this conversation with and listen to what they tell you. And, uh, you know, I never heard from her again. Anytime I get a, one of these, you know, if I could just see you and know that you're real, you know, uh, I, I don't do that because, quite frankly, they can take video clips of me, change the, the verbiage, and say, well, you know, it's, I can't really tell you much about what I do because of operational security. I'm overseas. And, yeah, the clip's a bit choppy, uh, and our voice track doesn't match up probably because there's just a lag from where I am. So they use all that stuff. And so, like I said, you know, the first lady back – in 2016, one of the first ladies actually talked, you know, kind of was engaging in direct conversation. I don't do any of that stuff now because it can all be manipulated and taken out of context and used for their purposes. So I don't, uh, I don't share video with anybody that uh, approaches me like this simply because, you know, you don't know who's really on the other end of this. It may be uh, a person who's been scammed that's looking for some kind of uh, resolution. Uh, Then again, it may be the scammers. Kathy, how did you get involved with scamming victims? Um, my mom's friend was a victim. I found out when she was giving us this big, long story about a military man that she was talking with online, and um, everything just didn't fit. Everything sounded kind of too good to be true. So she came over for Thanksgiving one year and showed us a picture, and I just didn't feel comfortable with it. So later that night, I looked up the man's account on her Facebook page and found the picture that said um, on the uniform, it looked like Denny. So I Googled that name, and um, I actually found Brian on LinkedIn. So I messaged Brian, and it kind of went from there, realized that this was all a big scam. So the further we looked into it, the more we realized what a problem it was. How long ago was that? Uh, This was back in November of 2016. Okay, so Kathy, what did you decide to do? You've got something going here. Well, after we kind of looked into it for about six months, we realized what a huge problem it was, not with just Brian's pictures, but with a lot of other military people, celebrities. And so I asked Brian one day what he thought about me sending some letters off to maybe social media companies, um, congressional department, then, you know, he was pretty much, you know, eh, go for it. You know, the worst I can say really is no. So I sent off well over 100 to 200 letters to different places, and we were able to get some meetings. We also did um, a report for Facebook, a few of them actually, in regards to their safety and security and how well their technology recognizes the accounts. And so we did a lot of that. We've been presenting that to them as well. And so now we've got the ears of a congressional department representative Kinzinger's office, and they are interested in amending the law, which is the 230 Communication Decency Act. So this law has been around since 1996, and it allows pretty much social media uh, get out of jail free cards. So anything that posts to their site by a third party, they are not responsible for. So just like these scams, you have accounts that are teaching people how to do money laundering, um, how to sell accounts. You've got the scammers that are trying to sell accounts that have been up for years because they look like they're more established and it's harder to get rid of for Facebook to delete. And so um, they've got all this criminal activity on their sites and they're not responsible for any of it. So that's what we're working towards. We're working to amend that law to hopefully get them responsible for a lot of these crimes that are online. 
I love this because it gives people something to do because it feels like there's nothing we can do. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of the people we've talked to and stuff, they want to hear more of the stories of the scammers and um, whose people's photos have been stolen, but they never really go into what's being done. And, um, you know, of course, all of the education, educating people out there is the key to all of this. But when you've got companies that are allowing this kind of stuff online, something has to be done. And I know it's extremely hard to make a change in this law, but it can be done. It was just done last year under the human trafficking because the same kind of things were happening online um, with the human trafficking. And so social media is now responsible for that kind of stuff when it's put on their platform. So it's exactly what, what we're trying to do. And you're talking about Backpage. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Backpage. Yeah. Well, they went out of business, uh, but they were the ones that were having the human trafficking. Uh huh. The crime on their platforms. Yeah. Amongst others, I believe. What do you recommend people do then? Actually, they can definitely write letters to Representative Kinzinger's office to let them know how important this is. This change in Representative Kinzinger is still actually a victim in this as well. His pictures have been used in romance scams, and so that is why they're so heavily interested in this. But If anybody wants to write to their local congressmen, to their senators, it's a great help because it puts the word out there. It makes their offices aware that we're trying to do this. And so when it does come up to the House and it does come up to the Senate, they're aware. They know that this needs to be changed and hopefully it can be moved forward faster than we would like. What should these people put in their letter that kind of gets people's attention. Can you give some recommendations on that? They could just really put in there, um, especially if they've been victims, maybe how much money they've lost, what it does to their friends, to their families, to themselves, to be as candid as possible and how much it has affected them. I would also add that, uh, you know, what can people do? Quite frankly, you really ought to have a conversation uh, with the folks that you care about and say just to go, hey, you know, Mm -hmm. this kind of thing happens. So if you are on the Internet and somebody contacts you and, you know, one, people shouldn't ask for money or uh, gift cards. The Internet scamming is is a real thing, and it happens every day. Yeah, and I've also read articles that, speaking of conversations, that military leaders are now having conversations with the new recruits – well, it's always been kind of, uh, you know, operational security. You don't post things uh, about where you are. And, uh, you know, the operational security piece of this has always been very relevant. Now it's uh, a matter of know that as a service member, your pictures are higher than average likelihood of being used to take advantage and, and manipulate people just because you're wearing a uniform. And it's not just on Brian, it's multiple messages all the time about they want me to verify people and I could just check into things or I get a lot of family members reaching out and saying I think my mom's being scammed or my mom has been scammed or friends and family so I try and educate as much as I can I also point them in directions to anti-scam groups there's many of them out there a lot of really great ones that provide education and tell them to go and seek additional medical help if they need it. This is not just about money. It's definitely emotional and psychological abuse as well. There's been stories about people committing suicide because they have nothing left and they believed that this whole story is true and now their life is a lie. And so there's a lot that goes with this and uh, it takes a huge team to help many people. By the time you realize that you've been scammed, but you've got, you know, a second mortgage, you've Give it away all your money. You don't have anything to live off of. And it is really 
hard to go to your family and say, yeah, this just happened to me. It's embarrassing to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of these things don't get reported and people kind of find out after the fact, uh, you know, what was going on. And uh, it's frightening. I mean, how mm-hmm. committed some people can get online, both emotionally and financially. Yeah. And it's really a form of, I think, like psychological manipulation. It's a definitely a form of brainwashing and yeah, I know that it takes a lot, you know, of education and these people need to be aware, but these scammers are professionals. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what to say, how to get in there, how to pull those heartstrings and anybody can fall victim. It's not just those who are lonely and uh, you've got some of the highest educated people that are falling for these scams. So it really can affect anybody. You hear a lot of times, oh, that would never happen to me. That's simply not true at all. What do you guys predict is going to happen here, this whole scamming world? Brian and I know that jurisdictionally wise, it's very hard to go outside of the United States and try and find these guys and have them arrested. So that is why we decided to go through the United States and do what we could there and uh, go after these companies. So if a law can be changed or amended and these companies can be responsible for a lot of what's going on, then I have a feeling that their technology will have to be changed and, or they're going to have to use it to most of what they can do with their technology. Right. right now I feel that they're, it's very, they're limiting the use of their own technology. And, uh, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with um, the companies making money and, not getting rid of all of the accounts because they're able to use these as numbers and show that they have all of these accounts or clients or customers on their site when they really don't. A lot of them are fake. So um, I think it'll hold them a lot more responsible. Maybe we'll see less scamming online, um, but we will definitely have the ability to hold them responsible later on in the future for especially people like Brian who are identity theft victims and their photos are being allowed to be placed online all of the time, every day, multiple times a day. There's a couple of different approaches, and you can talk about, uh, you know, the information campaign to inform people that this is going on, the fight to change the regulation to allow social media companies to be held responsible for what's placed on uh, their sites. And then there's the, you know, the justice piece uh, of actually bringing some of these mm-hmm. folks to, uh, to justice uh, that way. But in the end, I think these things are all hard to do without the cooperation of the, the social media giants that kind of run uh, run the show there. And, you know, in most cases, uh, like Facebook, they have some fairly good bylaws that they say they want to live by, their community standards. But quite frankly, they're not able to do that. They're not able to or don't do it. You can kind of split hairs on. But the reality is, They violate their community standards just because, quite frankly, they haven't allocated the resources to look at the problem and identify what the problem is. And and I think one of the main reasons is they don't want to because they don't want to be the the social media police. They don't want to be uh, responsible for that because if they acknowledge, one, that there's a problem, there's an implied level of responsibility that they have in fixing the problem, which means they have to go in and start to review content. And again, that, you know, they don't want to allocate resources and people to, to do that kind of thing. They're much more interested in establishing their dating site, which has yeah, come about right. in the time that we've been fighting, uh, fighting with them on uh, these kind of scammer issues. So you can, you know, in the Facebook reporting procedures, and it seems like I'm kind of beating up Facebook, but quite frankly, 
I don't work with any other, the social media, the, the Google uh, Hangouts or any, I'm not on any of the dating sites simply because, uh, or Instagram, simply because the reporting procedures are hard. They're not effective. You get little out of it. At least with Facebook, there's a 50-50 chance that whatever I report will get deleted. But I don't believe, you know, there's a little comments piece that you can, you know, write a message in. I did that, you know, like two years ago. I started, you know, first I was pretty alarmed going, hey, I, this is who I am. My pictures are being used to do this. I used to write these messages and give them my phone number and ask for help. Nothing ever happened. No one ever contacts me. I don't believe a human being reads any of that stuff. Because it's, it's there as a comforting kind of thing to make people feel like, they have a relationship with the profile, with, with the platform that somebody's on the other end listening to you. No, I don't really think that's the case. I mean, they've got lots of engineers and software developers uh, working very hard over there, but I think very few of them are dedicated towards policing up their own platform and getting rid of this kind of thing. Because when it's all said and done, you get rid of the scammers, you know, and the how to scam sites that are up and active and you get rid of all the fake profiles, I would bet that, uh, you know, Facebook probably drops by a double digit percentage point in terms mm -hmm. of the number of people on their platform. And that's not good for revenue. And here's something I'm thinking about this morning. What do you think the appropriate punishment would be? <laughs> so, I mean, certainly there's uh, a level of monetary punishment that uh, you'd like to see to kind of recover monies for the victims. You know, that's, that's part of it. And quite frankly, it's, you know, an example to be made to show people, hey, this is not a legitimate business. This is a business to these people. There's not one or two guys that kind of manage, you know, my pictures. There's dozens and dozens of guys that manage these sites and profiles. I mean, this is big business. And so how do you punish big business? I mean, again, you know, there's some monetary bit of this, but ultimately it's a statement uh, in the countries where these guys operate that, hey, this is not acceptable. Both Brian and I had no idea. I mean, we really thought it was just like maybe one or two people that had his pictures. We had no idea that they sat in internet cafes and they sold, you know, accounts to each other. It's amazing the things that they're doing. And it's not just based in uh, Ghana and Nigeria anymore. It's now in India. And it's huge in India now. And so it's really just, it's just getting worse. I kind of envision the Internet Cafe. I've served in the Middle East a few times. And so I'm used to seeing the Internet. That's how people get online. So but what I didn't expect was the uh, sites on Facebook where they bought and sold profiles and taught classes on how to develop and mature profiles. That's been uh, kind of interesting. And interesting to see the, the patterns that the guys work in and how they catfish. You know, one week they'll be working South America. One week they'll be working Eastern Europe. One week they'll be working Australia. One week they'll be working the Philippines. And so I'll get batches of messages from people, you know, and you can kind of track them where they're working geographically based on, whatever language is popping up in my in messenger facebook especially is housing these type of accounts and they're allowing them and these anti-scam groups are going in and they are reporting these accounts facebook is coming back and saying that they are within their community standards so there's a huge problem there and that's what we need to get to because we can't make it so easy for these scammers to be online we're never going to get rid of scammers ever. There's always going to be somebody out there that's going to want to scam somebody. But 
we absolutely don't have to make it so easy and convenient for them. You know, this is the part that kind of frustrates me, that uh, Facebook does have a, a good set of community standards uh, that they publish. And when you report one of the scammer sites, they go, yeah, it doesn't violate the community standards. They're advertising on their site that they sell, you know, profiles. They sell ID cards. They sell information on how to exchange money online through you know, institutions like Western Union. I mean, and that that's all there. And Facebook says it violates their community standards, yet they'll come back and say, nope, these guys are okay. Which, again, tells me, you know, no human being ever looks at any of those things that are reported. It's all done based on algorithms. You know, and people cost money. If they hired somebody to look at every one of these things, it'd be a lot of money. Algorithms are pretty cheap once you've paid for them. There is one case with a major victory for victims. The Western Union was found liable through a lawsuit and was forced to pay back, uh, make restitution to people that had sent money through them to known scam sites. Kathy and I know several people that submitted claims, and it was just remarkable. Western Union even said to the people that were sending money, hey, do you really know who this money is going to? Because mm-hmm. this is you know, going to third world country kind of places. And they're like, yes, Roger, I want to send this money. And, and so Western Union was found liable. If Western Union can be found liable, and if caught, the guys who actually, the scammers could be found liable, how come social media giants like Google, like Facebook, like Instagram, how come they're not liable? There's a group called Yahoo Boys working together to steal your money. They're like a gang out in Africa and Ghana, Nigeria primarily, and they build these accounts on Facebook that provide information like how to use the Apple um, iTunes cards when you ask your victim, well, your clients, they call them their clients. And um, they'll even post victim information because um, these victims are used as they're called mules. And it's where they're the ones that pass the money. So people will send money to them and the mules will send the money to the scammers. Uh, They don't want any kind of direct contact. And um, that's just how they do their business. They they provide hangout numbers um, where they can be reached to learn the business. People will post on there, need a military account, um, willing to spend big money. Uh, how much for sale. And so they sell accounts, they sell pictures uh, of like Brian. And then they also sell what they call scripts. And the scripts are the stories that go along with these pictures that they use. So it's remarkable. It's a whole huge business on there. I I haven't really figured out why they can't think of their own stories, but, um, and why they pay big money for this, but that's just exactly where they, they hold their crime. It's kind of like a getting started in the business kind of uh, website. I mean, that's exactly what it's there. It's, Think of it like, you know, when the, the local seminar on how to flip houses comes to your neighborhood, this is kind of that. It's a, it's a do-it-yourself starter kit for people that want to get involved in Internet crimes. And it's much easier to deal with these guys and pay the money to get the picks that have been used and have been proven successful, the stories that have been proven successful. Because despite the fact I can look at some of their stories, I mean, and I've seen it a dozen times, the the guys that are doing this typically don't understand ranks, don't understand the military, don't understand what makes sense and what is completely, you know, somebody would see through. But And they rely on the fact that most of their victims are not going to understand the military very well and won't understand the, the lingo very well. 
uh, and they can say about anything. Uh, and so when, you know, a lot of times when they approach military people, I'll be able to shoot their story full of holes. And this dialogue gets smarter and more advanced over time. And they sell people a dialogue and a story that makes sense. And I'm often Sergeant Colonel, Lieutenant, whoever <laughs> on peacekeeping operations in Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan. And uh, I don't have access to my money over here because there's no way to get my money. It goes back to the States and I've got a son and he's in boarding school in Kentucky and our horses are in Kentucky and I can't wait to go home and see him. And, oh, he's been injured uh, in an accident uh, and we need money. Could you help? Thank you very much. I want to come see you. Could you help buy my ticket? And I'll reimburse you when I get back and I want to meet you, you know, in Kentucky and Nashville and North Carolina and Michigan and California, wherever. And, you know, could you send more money for a ticket? And uh, it kind of goes on and on. Uh, essentially, you're you're buying a proven technique to pocketing money in the Yahoo boys. You know, Yahoo is like my oldest email account now. And I use it to do this kind of thing and focus spam into. But uh, I mean, this tells you how long this kind of thing has been around a while. It's just catching on in terms of romance scamming, but these are old networks of, of organized criminals. And, you know, I wanted to mention too, April, was scammers have people that can edit photos. You know, it shows the real guy maybe holding a, holding something, but they'll put a piece of paper in there. They'll Photoshop it. They'll say, you know, hi, Margaret, I love you or something like that. And so Margaret thinks that um, this is all real. And now they have new technology too, where they are able to make videos of the real guy and make it look like they're talking to them and the victims are falling for it. And how can it be a scam? They're actually talking to them. There's so much out there. They are very ahead of the game. Yeah, they've got tons of resources. When you're sitting around and you get a friend request from, you know, some lady and she's, you know, really attractive, you don't know, and you you got to think, why is this? You know, but the scammers use pictures of people to engage in, in people. And then, you know, there's an exchange discussion, and then there's photographs and they blackmail people, the young women, mm -hmm. uh, after they've gotten some photographs, maybe in compromising ways. And then they use those photos now to kind of go at people and they use what they get, right? Photographs are a commodity. Mm -hmm. Brian has to be careful. And I didn't even think, I just thought about this, you know, recently Brian had posted something and anybody who's an identity theft victim has to be extremely careful of everything that they post on there because there are women out there that are still in love. They believe that it was really them and they could fly to them. They can knock on their front door. You know, everything is so available now online. So truly all the identity theft victims are going to be victims for life. Their pictures are out there forever. Many of the victims that find out that have been scammed are able to get the help and heal. The victims like Brian, uh, their pictures are forever out there. So that's kind of scary, too, to think. And the security of the families, and there's a lot to consider for all of them. If you have any questions about how to contact the congressman, or maybe help contacting the one in your district, you can message Kathy and Brian on their Facebook page. Search Advocates Against Romance Scams. That's where you can also sign their petition. I'll also post a link on the Scammer Stories Facebook page. I'm going to stay in contact with Kathy and Brian. Maybe check back in about six months or so to see if they've made any progress. As for the next episode, I talked to a woman who runs a page for scam victims in the UK. Women have reached out to her who have lost as much as $500,000. She's learned a lot 
and she can share a lot with us. Until next time, Scammer Warriors.